The Edmonton Oilers take their first lead of the series after a massive win in Game 5. But are the Edmonton Oilers finally getting to Jonas Corposalo? We will talk about that and much more in today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, we're going to start off with last night's win for the Edmonton Oilers and why it seems like the Edmonton Oilers may have gotten to Jonas Corposalo. Yes, it seems like the tide is starting to turn in net for the Kings. We will get to that in just a second. But also on today's episode, we're going to go back on Game 5 and take a look at some of the big moments and why the Edmonton Oilers absolutely manhandled the Kings in Game 5. And we'll wrap up today's episode as we do with every Edmonton Oilers game with the good, the bad, and the ugly from Edmonton's Game 5 win. All that and much more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Alrighty, let's get into last night's game between the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings as the Edmonton Oilers absolutely opened the floodgates once again against uh, Jonas Corposalo to the point where Corposalo got pulled. And last night I was at the Moss Pit amongst all the Edmonton Oilers fans and once Corposalo got pulled, there was no louder cheer than that when he got pulled. All Edmonton Oilers fans realized just how important it was to get to Jonas Corposalo and to get the LA Kings to give him the hook. But what's starting to change for not only the Edmonton Oilers, but for Jonas Corposalo as well? Because this is starting to become a theme for the Edmonton Oilers when they play against teams in the playoffs. You can take a look at even Jacob Markstrom last year and where Jacob Markstrom was this year. Very different from the last time he played last year against the Edmonton Oilers. You can say the same with Jonathan Quick, who almost won the series for the LA Kings last year. However, was abysmal at the start of the year, ended up getting traded to the Vegas Golden Knights, and he's not even started, he's not even backup for the Vegas Golden Knights right now. It was Aiden Hill in game four. So the Edmonton Oilers have seemingly been able to have this weird effect on goaltenders after playing them in a series that almost seems to be like a kryptonite for opposing goaltenders. But it seemed like Jonas Corposalo early in this series was going to be immune to that. The first three games, let's see the progression of almost the degeneration. or Yeah, regression, not degeneration. The regression of Jonas Corposalo so far in this series. Because in the first three games, and I guess you could toss in the first period of the fourth, 
Jonas Corposalo was the best player on either team for the most part. You can argue Leon Dreisaitl as well, but if it wasn't for Jonas Corposalo, you could argue that this series could possibly already be over. And you take a look at the numbers, and you can see why that argument is pretty substantial. Well, pretty fair, really. In the first three games, Jonas Corposalo had a .931 save percentage, which was third in the NHL in the first three games. And his goals against average was setting at a 2.53, which was third in the NHL as well. Because it was technically fifth, but Akira Schmid from the New Jersey Devils did play only one game at the time. And Philip Gustafson from the Minnesota Wild had only played two games. So through the first three games out of goaltenders who played at least three games in the playoffs at the time, Jonas Corposalo sat third with a 2.53 goals against average. Then you take a look at some of the advanced stats from Corposalo from the first three games. Expected goals against sat at 11.62, which was first in the NHL. So he was getting peppered with high-quality chances. However, his goal save above replacement. So basically what that's saying is uh, how many goals did he prevent that seemed like... mm, that's going to go in above the average for the rest of the league. That was a 3.51. So his goals against or goals saved above average was 3.51, which was second in the NHL. And his goals saved above expected. So again, that basically goes hand in hand with expected goals against was a 3.79, which was first in the NHL, meaning that. Per uh, each game, he was taking away 3.79 goals away from the Edmonton Oilers. Which, taking a look at the score lines at the end of each game, well, those 3.79 goals would probably be pretty nice. But with Jonas Corposalo in net, he helped the LA Kings win Game 1 and Game 3. But then, In the last two games, honestly, ever since the second period of Game 4, the Edmonton Oilers have seemingly figured out Corpusalo. And yes, you can take a look at the scoreline from Game uh, 4 as well, from when the Oilers and the Kings went to their third overtime of the series. After the first period, the Edmonton Oilers outscored the LA Kings 5-1 to one from the second period to overtime. And that was when we should have started paying attention. Because in the last two games, Jonas Corposalo has a .852 save percentage and a goals against average of a 5.3. It doesn't stop there. His expected goals against where he sat first in the NHL in the first three games. In the last two games, he sits sixth in the NHL with a 6.71, and it continues to get worse. His goals saved above replacement where he sat second in the first three games. He now sits last in the NHL in the last two games with a negative 2.85, meaning he is allowing... 2.85 goals against that he shouldn't be allowing. It doesn't stop there. His goal saved above expected sits at a negative 2.28, which is far down from his 3.79, which had him in first. 
This negative 2.28 has him 17th amongst active goaltenders in the NHL playing in the playoffs right now. There has only been 18 goaltenders suiting up in the playoffs so far, and he's 17th when it comes to goals saved above expected. But it doesn't stop there. Since the second period of Game 4, Jonas Corposalo has allowed 9 goals against on 52 shots, a .827 save uh, percentage, which is down from that 8.52 already in the last two games, and a negative 2.69 goal save above expected. Shout out to uh, at Koskadaddy, by the way, for those uh, stats there on the last one. So, uh, it, it, it Jonas Corposalo has been figured out by the Edmonton Oilers. The question is, is it Phoenix Copley or Jonas Corposalo who starts in net for the Kings? I assume the Kings will do just as the Oilers did in Game 5 and go back to the goaltender who they trusted down the stretch with Corposalo. That's not a promise. Because Phoenix Copley did get sprinkled in here and there throughout the uh, uh, stretch of the series or stretch of the season, I should say, for the LA Kings. But Phoenix Copley also kept the ship afloat when Kyle Peterson and Jonathan Quick were seemingly AHL goaltenders at the start of the year. So, if Todd McClellan truly feels that his crease is in danger, I wouldn't be shocked. If Phoenix Copley does start in net in game six, because I don't think there is a lot of trust right now with Jonas Corposalo after the last five periods, really. I guess you can count overtime, so six periods. Have the Edmonton Oilers figured out Jonas Corposalo, or is this just a recency bias, and could he bounce back? You let me know. Am I kind of getting out to lunch here? These numbers do not lie. You, they, they do not lie. It is a steep drop-off from a .931 save percentage in the first three games to a .852 in the last two games. It's an even steeper drop to go from a .931 to a .827 in just Five periods, six periods. I don't know. That is starting. If I was an LA Kings fan, I would be kind of concerned about what's going on in net. But either way, let's move on from the net and take a look from the wider angle and take a look at game five as a whole as the Edmonton Oilers take their first series lead in this best of seven series. One win away. From moving on to the second round, but it wasn't the usual suspects getting the Oilers over the hump in game five. We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. So last night before game five, I met up with a couple of my friends as they headed into Rogers Place into game five. And I said to them, How did you get these tickets? These are 
coveted tickets. And they said, we just went to game time literally before we came down to the stadium and got the tickets right there. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Plus, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. And plus, tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Alrighty, let's move on to last night's game for the Edmonton Oilers as they beat up on the LA Kings. Six to three was six to two at one point. So <laughs> like it, it was kind of a make-a-wish goal for uh, Quinton Byfield. Uh, by the way, Quinton Byfield has been as advertised in this series. I do want to give some props to Quinton Byfield. I know he was part of that very tough, I believe, 2018 draft, 2019 draft, 2018 draft, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken there, but uh, Lafreniere went first and then him. It was such an odd little draft, but the Oilers do get the 6-3 win, getting the 3-2 series lead, and Heading back to Los Angeles, the Oilers have the chance to wrap up this series in Hollywood. But it couldn't have been started without this big win for the Oilers. Evander Kane getting the first goal of the game for the Oilers. Leon Draisaitl, uh following that up, excuse me, with a massive goal. Great goal, great cycle by the Edmonton Oilers. Matthias Ekholm was below the face-off dot for most of it, as Matthias Ekholm had two goal or two assists on the first two goals for the Edmonton Oilers. Darnell Nurse with two assists of his own for uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid also with two assists on the night, but it was still the unusual suspects for the Oilers, other than Kane and Drysaitel. You didn't really expect guys like Brett Kulak or Nick Bukestad to have big-time games. Brett Kulak has had, honestly, probably been the Oilers' best defenseman in the last two games, so no better guy to score a goal than uh, Brett Kulak. But Nick Bukestad, Getting a lot of love for his game recently, as he should. He has been a fantastic addition for the Edmonton Oilers, and as Bob Stoffer said, a subtle trade deadline addition for the Oilers, as he has done everything he needed to do, and he's six foot six, so that kind of helps. But he did have a, an elevation, a promotion in game five, and he took advantage of it with two goals in the game, 16 plus minutes time on ice. He was playing with uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman. And he, again, took advantage of that second star in the game for the Oilers. And Tyler Uremchuk from Oilers Nation tweeted out that this was the best game for Nick Bukestad as an Edmonton Oiler. And that's exciting because not only was it his best game, but the fact that his best game includes two goals means that he's not only contributing like a guy like 
yes, a plea RV where you sat there and went, he's having a good game. Trust me, he's doing well. He's not scoring, but he's still doing well. He's doing well. He's doing his job. He's winning face-offs. He got promoted and he's scoring goals. He is contributing in more ways than just what he was brought in to do. And that's basically win big face-offs, which he's still doing. That is big time. We'll get into some of the more uh, bigger numbers throughout the game in just a second. But of course, Zach Hyman also getting a goal in this one as that one bounced off his face in true Ryan Smith fashion almost. A lot of people drawing that comparison. I dig it. But uh, Stuart Skinner was entrusted in this game as well, coming back from a tough fourth game in Los Angeles. And he showed why. The Edmonton Oilers went back to him. 25 saves on 28 shots. Fired his way. And he made the most of his opportunity. It's big for goaltenders to be able to bounce back. Yes, on the goal sheet or on the score sheet, scoreboard, it was a three-goal game. But still, the Edmonton Oilers and Stuart Skinner shut it down and got that big win. Now, Let's get into some of the bigger numbers here and kind of tell you why the Edmonton Oilers won this game. In the first period, the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings were relatively back and forth. A 3-2 period or 3-2 game after the first period. 13 shots on goal for the Oilers, 12 shots on goal for the Kings. Eight shots, seven shots for the Oilers to the Kings in the second period. And then the Kings kind of got away with the, uh, or from the Oilers in the shot clock. Nine shots in the third to six for the Oilers in the third, where the LA Kings would obviously end up uh, out shooting the Oilers 28 to 27. But what that tells me is the fact that the Edmonton Oilers are able to prevent less than 20 shots on goal to a team who has kind of had their number all year and in this series as well. They were able to lock it down defensively, limit so many shots towards the net, so much so that the Edmonton Oilers had 16 blocked shots to the LA Kings 8. They literally doubled the amount of blocked shots that the LA Kings had in game five, making it that much more difficult to get pucks towards Stuart Skinner and evidently into the back of the net. That is the first thing where the Edmonton Oilers really outplayed the Los Angeles Kings. The next place was on uh, the power play, or excuse me, on in the hit total, where the Edmonton Oilers absolutely pounded the LA Kings 48 to 43 in the hit totals. And you could feel it. Guys like Clean Costin played 10 minutes last night. Nick Bukesad was throwing his weight around. Vinny DeArnay was throwing hits as well, who also had a very solid game for himself. The Edmonton Oilers were imposing their will and getting back to the game that won them so many games, heading into the playoffs. That heavy type game wheel-and-deal type game, and that was the type of game that the Edmonton Oilers were getting away from in games three and four, and understandably so. The Edmonton Oilers were getting called on so many stupid and ticky-tack calls, that roughing call on DeHarnay after the whistle when Dursey initiates contact. You're going, what? what are you doing here? You're taking the game out of the hands of the of players and into the hands of the officials at the wrong possible time. 
We've already had this conversation, and even Leon Dreisaitl said they don't know what the standard is when it came to penalties. So the Oilers were much more tentative and got away from their game in games three and four. However, in game five, the Edmonton Oilers got back to their game and dominated the LA Kings for pretty well 60 minutes of this game. Now, I mentioned the power play, and I I, I I hesitated around the power play for a second because I did want to get these numbers here uh, before we got started. As the Edmonton Oilers on the power play last night did go uh, two for three on the power play where the LA Kings did go uh, 0 for 1. So the Oilers, again, staying disciplined in the area. But the Edmonton Oilers' power play in this series, per Jason Greger, that's why I've been fiddling around here. I had to find that, so apologize. But the Edmonton Oilers' power play in this series has gone 8 for 13. 8 for 13. Now, I'm no mathematician, but that's, first of all, over 50%, and in fact, it is over 50%, so much so that it's over 60%. The Edmonton Oilers' power play is sitting at a 61.5% in this uh, series, where the LA Kings' penalty kill, as we can do the math there, sits at a 385 percent for the LA Kings on the penalty kill when that number looks more like a power play team. The Edmonton Oilers are taking liberties when it comes to the power play, and are you shocked? That is the best, historically best, power play of all time, and everybody talked about, oh, there's no penalties in the playoffs. You don't, did you play five on five in the playoffs? You, what are you going to do when you're playing five on five in the playoffs? Well, the Oilers have outplayed the LA Kings in four of the last five games in this series at five on five. And then when they get to the power play, they are so deadly, you might as well just throw in the B team on the LA Kings because it's probably going into the net. The Edmonton Oilers have taken advantage of their chances. And if in game six, they are given the same chances and they stay to their game. Well, Ballet, I hear there are a lot of very nice private, private golf courses in Los Angeles. But don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with the good, the bad, and the ugly from Game 5, and we will talk about that in just a second. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with the good, the bad, and the ugly from Game 5 for the Edmonton Oilers, and we're going to start off with the good. The good being the secondary scoring. Nick said with two goals of his own, Brett Kulak with a goal of his own, and we're going to toss in Zach Hyman as well into this. And Zach Hyman hasn't really been what everybody wanted him to be in the first three and a half games of this series, but ever since that really overtime goal in the second half of Game 4, he has been better. But this is all being done without Connor McDavid really being Connor McDavid. Yes, he's piling up assists in this, and rightfully so. That is the type of player Connor McDavid truly is. But Connor McDavid hasn't been the 
Connor McDavid we expect. In fact, it's been Leon Dreisaitl who has been driving this offense for the Edmonton Oilers with Connor McDavid in the passenger seat. Then everybody else is in the back of the truck. But it's been Leon Dreisaitl really leading the ship for the Oilers. And until Connor McDavid, imagine when Connor McDavid gets into this series. If, if the Edmonton Oilers don't end it in game six, imagine what it's going to be like in the second round once Connor McDavid turns on the switch and him and Dreisaitl are pulling off exactly what they did in last year's playoffs. But the good is the Oilers are still winning big-time games with secondary scoring. Nick Buke said with two goals of his own, and I also wanted to mention Matthias Ekholm with two assists of his own in that game. Trade deadline acquisitions doing their job. So the good being secondary scoring. The bad being three goals against. Yes, I mentioned that it was kind of a -a make-a-wish goal for Quinton Byfield, but it's still three goals against. If the Oilers didn't score six in that game, That would be an issue. Now, the Oilers have been great defensively, especially at home in this series. Not so much in game uh, four, in game uh, three. So we can see that the Oilers do have it in this series. They did only allow two goals up until, obviously, that late third period goal. But still, you can't be allowing three goals in a game and expect to win unless you're scoring six. So, if the Oilers aren't scoring six and running into a hot goaltender like Corpus Allo was early in this series, that could spell trouble down the line. So, let's maybe try and limit those three-goal games and move on from that as well. So, the bad being three goals against, but there's obviously that caveat as well as it was a late third period. And the ugly from game uh, five for the Edmonton Oilers, almost said game six. Don't get too far ahead of yourself, Brett. Uh, The ugly from game five for the Edmonton Oilers is goals. As not exactly all of those goals were the prettiest goals, some of them were pretty ugly. Just ask Zach Hyman, who bounced them off his face. And that's how you win hockey games. They don't ask how. They ask how many, and yes, that second goal by the Edmonton Oilers was a beautiful cycle leading into a great feed from Connor McDavid to Leon Dreisaitl into the back of the net, and the first goal of the game from that absolute snipe from Evander Kane, well, probably helps too, but other than that, the Edmonton Oilers just battled their way, got the puck to the net, and eventually in the net as well rebounds, back door, off the face. It didn't matter. The Edmonton Oilers were finding ways to score, and that is how you win hockey games. As mentioned, they don't ask how. They ask how many, and the Edmonton Oilers win game 5, 6-3, to three, and head back to Los Angeles with a 3-2 lead in the series. So, Let's wrap up today's episode. Uh, the good being secondary scoring, the bad being goal three goals against, and the ugly being goals. But they don't ask how, they ask how many. I guess you could probably create a drinking game with how many times I'll say that. But let's wrap up there. The Edmonton Oilers have a couple of days off now. Game six isn't until Saturday. So regroup, get your voices back, as you can probably tell my voice isn't exactly all there yet again. But 
Until game six, we are going to be previewing all the possible things that the Edmonton Oilers might be doing heading into game six, including whether or not they have absolutely destroyed the will of the LA Kings. Alrighty. Well, hey, let's again not get too far ahead of ourselves, too. It's only a one goal game or one game lead. One win for the Kings on home ice. We're back here in Edmonton for Game 7. But let's wrap up there, folks. Enough bickering and bantering. The Oilers take a 3-2 lead in the series and are one win away from advancing to the second round of the NHL playoffs. Hopefully after last night, everybody, you absolutely blasted La Bamba, baby.